Welcome to Open Banking Expo Unplugged, bringing you the brightest minds in open banking, open finance and beyond. Hello and welcome to another episode of Open Banking Expo Unplugged, the podcast series from Open Banking Expo. I'm Ellie Duncan, a head of content here, and in today's episode, I'm joined by Todd Clyde, CEO of open banking payments platform Token, and Charles Damon, Token's chief product officer who recently joined from WorldPay, where he was responsible for real-time payments and open banking. So far, 2022 has been a busy year for Token. Uh, I know that when I had uh, Todd on the podcast last year, I heralded a busy year for Token. Well, that has continued. As well as the appointment of Charles, Token recently raised $40 million in a Series C funding round. So we'll hear more about that uh, and what it means for the business later in the podcast. Earlier this year, Token was confirmed as the headline partner of Open Banking Expo's flagship event in the UK this year. And Token will also be the headline sponsor for Open Banking Expo's Europe 2022 and UK 2023 events. So without further ado, uh, welcome Todd and Charles to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much, Ellie. Nice to see you again. Great to have you on. Uh, Todd, let's let's start with you. You can obviously give us uh, some background for those who are listening who, who don't know what Token is and what you what you do. Give us some background and obviously a bit more about, about your own, own role there. Good. Well, I joined Token about five years ago, was appointed by the board as CEO uh, three years ago. Um, I'm an American, as you can tell from my accent, but I, I've lived in London for the last four years, really for this opportunity to bring account-to-account account payments into the mainstream. So um, that's about me now about token. Um, so despite the name, we have nothing to do with cryptocurrencies. A lot of people think we have to do with cryptocurrencies, but we are an open banking payment platform that's really helping to drive the shift from the use of cards and wallets to the use of account-to-account account payments. And really our mission is to propel account-to-account account payments from an alternative form to a mainstream form of payment. Um, so what we do uh, to accomplish that is we provide connectivity to banks and payments infrastructure to some of the largest payment providers in the world. Um, and as such, we're plumbing, you know, so our, our goal is really to be the plumbing that, that enables others to launch these capabilities. And we're the plumbing that powers some of the most successful open banking payment uh, use cases in the UK and in 14 countries in Europe. Uh, we're currently processing about one out of every five transactions in the UK um, uh, that are being processed through uh, open banking payments. And uh, we're growing about eight times uh, in the last 12 months uh, with our transaction volumes in Europe as well. Wow, those are really impressive growth figures. Um, well, this seems like a good point to, to bring you in, Charles. Uh, as I mentioned in my introduction, obviously, you've very recently joined Token. So, so what's your role there? Yeah, hi Ellie. So my name is um, Charles Damon. Yeah, so I'm responsible for for product uh, head of our product function, um, really with a focus to develop more functionality on the platform uh, that could help our customers to enable open making payments as well as data services, to expand the reach um, and the coverage of um, of our network, um, but also to go deeper into our networks to make sure that we always maximize the success rates um, of any open banking transaction. So um, I lead a small team and growing the team um, 
And yeah, really, really excited to uh, to be here to participate and help the growth of uh, of token and open banking uh, and open banking in general. Absolutely. Well, um, lots to, to talk about. So, so let's crack on. And I know, um, as I mentioned earlier, Todd, we've had you on the podcast before, where you talked a bit about you know tokens mission. And I want to know from you today, you know, why are payments the biggest opportunity in in open banking, in your view? Well, I think it's the biggest opportunity because it's a really big problem and it tackles a really big problem. So the the really big problem is the high cost of payments. You know, there there are 157 billion non-cash based payments every year in Europe. And, you know, there's been significant innovation in improving those payments. You know, we've got incredible reach now. We've got very good conversion. We've got very good speed of settlement. But, you know, all that in- innovation has been done by intermediaries. That innovation has been done by cards that have now become, you know, universally accepted. It's been done by wallets that have really stepped in as a proxy for the current account because it solved, you know, a lot of the problems of speed and reach uh, that the current accounts had. But, you know, these two intermediaries, why they brought a lot of innovation, they've added a lot of cost to uh, to the merchant um, for accepting these payments. You know, one could argue that any effort to reduce the cost of payments has been driven by regulation and not by innovation. So that's why I think it's the biggest opportunity. You know, open banking and instant payments has the opportunity to um, provide wonderful reach, great conversion, but finally address the the high cost of, of payments um, for the 157 billion payments that are made every single year in Europe. Well, I know um, Token obviously has its sights firmly set on, on Europe. Uh, that was something you indicated on completion of your latest funding round. Charles, perhaps I can come to you first on on this. Why Europe in particular? What What's the potential that you see in this region? So... To, to, to tag on to, to what Todd highlighted in terms of the problem of cost um, and where the, where the regulation really came in was to tackle that, the, the PSD2 regulation in particular. So, so it basically meant that all the banks in Europe had to offer APIs for, for open banking. And um, that means that because there is no uniform API standard, it's actually really difficult for those merchants to... Um, to use open banking for their payment needs as well as for any data needs. So what we do is we take that complexity away by offering a single API for open banking, for open banking payments. Um, and why, so why Europe on the one hand, because all those APIs are available in the market and there's a real problem to solve to make it really easy to access those APIs. The second element is, and a really important element with payments is the availability of real-time payments uh, in the market. So in Europe, real-time payments is in development. Uh, it is dramatic. It is increasing. Um, uh, the reach is increasing continuously. And we think this will accelerate, actually, uh, later this year as well. And when you have that combination of an API that you can access to initiate a payment and a real-time, uh, and a real-time payment, you actually provide a very, very strong user experience uh, and one that effectively lowers the cost of processing on our one end for the merchant improves uh, the, the user experience and provides faster settlement to uh, and provides faster settlement to the merchant so um, so yeah a lot of focus on Europe and there's still 
a lot to do in that market. Um, also because we see some new developments arriving in uh, in Europe, particularly with with premium API services, for example. But we're going to touch on that a little bit later. Yeah, absolutely. And and Todd, anything to add there? I know I know that um, often Token has has written for Open Banking Expo about the fact that Europe is is quite fragmented, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, uh, as Charles said, what are the foundations that we need for account-to-account payments to become mainstream? You know, you need a real-time or instant national clearing system, uh, which SEPA instant plus Elixir in Poland, faster payments in the UK. So Europe is really providing that foundation there, that upgraded uh, clearing system. And then you need access to those clearing systems. And um, and APIs, as mandated by PSD2, gives us that access. So we've got the new highways to compete with, with cards and wallets, and, and APIs give us the on-ramps uh, to those highways. And uh, so, so, yeah, I'd say the conditions are right here in Europe. Um, but But... So yes, what's the other problem that API solves? So you, you're right, Ellie, that these national clearing systems are very fragmented uh, themselves. And so through APIs, um, we can now harmonize these 35 different national clearing systems into a single um, account-to-account payment network. And through APIs, you can now allow these national clearing systems to sit in the flow of commerce. Um, and and actually, you know, take over much more of the share of transactions uh, in e-commerce, and then eventually within store. Um, so yeah, that's it's really the the conditions of instant rails and access to those rails that uh, is the reason that we're really focused on Europe first, and then we'll look to expand through other parts of the world. Great, and um, well, let's on that note delve into your forty million dollar Series C fundraising, uh, which was co-led by Cota Capital and Tempo Cap. First of all, Todd, how will you use the proceeds to continue to scale Token? Well, we'll use the proceeds to continue to build out our network and to build out our platform. Um, so, building out the network. So, this this again are are those harmonizing those thousands of APIs that I talked about. So it's working bank by bank uh, to improve success rates in the countries where we already provide connectivity. It's working on the long tail of banks within those countries. Uh, It's expanding to more countries. Um, And as Charles mentioned, it's bringing premium functionality, you know, which so all this talk you hear about sweeps and variable recurring payments um, you know, that's that's really has to do with the network. That really has to do with the connection with the bank. So that's the first use of pro- proceeds is building out the network. Uh, the second is building out the platform. So we, again, you know, we focus on uh, gateways and acquirers and uh, payment service providers. And we want to be the platform inside their platform, the simplest way to launch account-to-account payments to their existing customers. And um, so we've still got a very long and robust roadmap to continue to focus on to make that an easier and easier task. Great. And and Charles, uh, you obviously joined at a kind of timely moment. Um, as I mentioned, you know, fairly recently that you started at Token, uh, you're now part of the wider sort of expansion of its, of its leadership team. So I wanted to find out a bit more about what, what attracted you to Token initially and, and this particular role. Yeah, so uh, at WorldPay, I was also, um, as, as you mentioned, responsible among others for open banking. And so, and as, and as Todd highlighted, I think we're really just 
at the beginning uh, of open banking. There's there's such an enormous potential, and I wanted to uh, continue on that path really with the leader in the market. Um, I think Token is really best positioned to to drive account to account payments to the mainstream. If we um, they're they're already running, uh, in fact, we are already running a whole set of great existing services um, that drive a lot of volume and traffic, uh, such as credit credit card repayment, for example, where consumers can now pay off their credit cards with open banking payments instead of their debit card. Um, We start to see the introduction of some really exciting e-commerce use cases, which will really mean that open banking and open banking payments in, in particular are becoming mainstream. Now, Token is a company. Um, what I really noticed was that they have built out a very leading platform to help those PSPs uh, to enable open banking payments for their customers. And to me, that was a really important reason to join the company because having worked with merchants, merchants consume payment services through their PSPs. They integrate to their gateways and to their uh, processing platforms. So to add open banking to the payment mix, the best way to do that is really through that gateway, through that integration, through which they already get any other type of payment method. Because typically you would add open banking payments as an additional payment method to your overall payment mix alongside cards, uh, alongside wallets, for example, to make sure that a merchant can maximize its acceptance. So what really impressed me was the platform that Token had and, and has to enable those PSPs to offer open banking payments to their merchants. Um, so really important strategic element. Um, if we look at the team, very strong team with payment experts all across the company. I was really impressed and it's been really excited to work and, and meet everyone in the company with this, with this laser focus on, uh, on, on maximizing and enabling open banking. And last but not least, a really strong customer base. Um, uh, Token works with great customers such as MasterCard, HSBC, BNP, Nuve, Vault, Vine, PaySafe, which gives a really great foundation to develop those open banking services and and really make sure that they become mainstream um, through their channels. Well, uh, all of those are obviously uh, great reasons to join. And and Todd, I just wanted to touch upon the fact that you know I mentioned there that that Charles was was part of the kind of expansion of, of your leadership team. So in building out that team, what, what what's that aim? I guess it coincides nicely, doesn't it, with, with the funding round? Yeah, it, well, first, maybe to mention something quickly about our funding round. So yeah, I'm extremely happy with the partners that we brought on. So Cota uh, Capital uh, was the lead, Tempo Capital, Element Ventures, Mission OG, Post Finance, they're all, you know, tier one venture firms, and they all have a very strong focus on fintech and payments. Uh, what attracted them to Token is they're all believers in uh, payments being the biggest opportunity for open banking. They liked our pure play payments focused. They liked our go-to-market strategy of working with existing payment providers. And they really like the efficient growth um, uh, that Token has demonstrated, um, you know, especially in light of these economic times that we're, that we're moving into. Um, so yes, yeah, so step one was to add, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the new investor partner. Step two was to build out the executive team. Um, so we added Charles really to bring, you know, more expertise and, and vision um, and given his knowledge uh, in this industry. 
Uh, we've added a new CTO uh, in, in Berlin uh, who came from a, a regulated open banking company in Germany. His name is Artashes Tarosian. And uh, you know, we're working with Boffin for the approval of a new managing director in Germany. And we look forward to making that announcement uh, as soon as um, that individual is approved by, by Boffin. So yeah, it was really about uh, bringing on new investment partners, building out the executive team, and now, you know, it's, you know, even despite these economic times, Token is growing dramatically. So we're, we've got to hire, um, you know, a very large number of people here in the next six months. So it's great to be in that situation, whereas I know some of our, um, you know, uh, other companies in the fintech space are certainly facing some challenges right now, given the growth that they did during the, the, the crazy times. And now as we're facing a bit more uh, difficult economic situations, they're having to make some real tough, uh, tough decisions about costs and personnel. Um, yeah, so, so growth across those three different levels, uh, investors, executives, and, uh, and the team. Yeah, absolutely. Great to hear about, about all of that. And um, let's go back to, I guess, talking about the, the wider industry and, and some of the trends there. First of all, perhaps, Charles, we can I can come to you on this. Are you seeing widespread adoption of open banking payments across Europe? And are there any kind of examples that you, you can highlight? Yeah, so if we look uh, about 13 to 24 months ago, uh, the, the uptake has been dramatic. Uh, the volumes have grown uh, more than 10 times in the UK. Um, if we then take that back um, to just the last 12 months, um, there was uh, triple growth, so, so three times in the UK. Um, and but, but in particular, if you look at the last 12 months across Europe, it was more than eight times uh, in Europe. So, and and it's really driven by by a number of elements. One is an improvement of the user experience. Um, so more and more markets are starting to add what we call so-called app-to-app redirect. So it makes it really easy to go from your mobile app where you make a purchase to your mobile banking app and then back. Uh, it's, it's almost a frictionless user experience. Um, so that is very important. The other, the other thing is what we touched upon earlier. It's the adoption of real-time payments in the market. Um, and in certain markets, that's ubiquitous already. Um, and there we really start to see real penetration and growth of, um, uh, of open banking payments. So it's really great to see um, how consumers are adopting it, how merchants are adopting it, and, and of course, the PSPs that put it in the hands of those merchants and consumers. Yeah, great, great sign, definitely. And and uh, look, I know obviously we're we're recording this towards the very end of of May, so we're just about um, approaching halfway through twenty twenty two, believe it or not. Um, and it seems like a good point at which to assess where the industry is. So, Todd, perhaps you can you can flag any of the biggest kind of headwinds that European open banking payments faces at this stage in in the year. Yeah, so certainly we've come a long way. The challenges that remain um, in Europe uh, include the user experience. So uh, the bank actually is the one that's uh, in control of the user experience because the bank, through their API, authenticates the user. And while it's dramatically improving, you know, I'd still say for half the banks, the experience still has a long way to go. Uh, 
Another challenge in Europe is IBAN discrimination, which is, you know, a bank declining the ability to push funds uh, cross-border to a merchant account in a different um, a, a different country, even within the EU. And, you know, user experience and IBAN discrimination together probably um, are the, the greatest cause of a poor conversion in some of the countries that are not converting at a level we need them to yet. Um, you know, other, other headwinds we still need to address is the adoption of SEPA Instant on a ubiquitous basis. You know, only 50% of banks uh, accept SEPA Instant and 25% allow you to initiate SEPA Instant. And then obviously the fee or the cost associated with it, with SEPA Instant. Um, you know, but, but all of these are improving. And I always say we're swimming with the current. Um, you know, we've, we've overcome significantly greater challenges than this in the UK over the last several years. Um, and we've overcome many challenges. So I, I know we'll continue to see improvement here. Uh, you know, UK, as many of these have been addressed, you know, I think the, the looming uh, headwinds that we need to address within the UK is the emergent of push payment fraud. Um, you know, there's nothing new through open banking, but when account credentials are compromised, open banking gives another channel uh, for a fraudster to exploit those compromised credentials. So we just need to make sure that this ecosystem is also doing all that it can to help pro uh, protect that. But, um, but no, like I said, I, I'm extremely happy with how far we've come, um, the volumes that are being generated. We're going to release a survey that we've done with you guys, Open Banking Expo, here within the, the next couple of weeks where the numbers and the consumer se the sentiments of consumers are just off the charts um, uh, as far as their openness to make use of this type of payment and the reasons for doing so. So we've uh, come a long way, but certainly those are some of the headwinds that we still need to try to address. Yeah, and Charles, any any to add to that list or, or is that a fairly comprehensive view there of, of the main kind of challenges still to be overcome? No, I would say I, I would say that covers it really. That covers it really well. Um, and the good thing is, as Todd highlighted, is that they are being addressed. Um, so it's important that we know what what they are, um, and that we have the mechanisms um, by working with banks in certain instances, uh, with the regulators as well, uh, in order to address them and improve those. Um, and I'm confident that that will that, that will happen. Well, let's move on to, to something slightly more positive, I suppose, uh, and that's that the industry probably has has more tail tailwinds at this point in 2022. Um, Charles, perhaps you can explain the kind of main tailwinds across the sort of EU and, and UK. Yeah, so I think what we start to see is that, you know, in order for um, consumers to adopt uh, open banking payments, the the user experience is a really is a really critical one. Uh, so whereas in certain markets um, there's still need to to improve that, there's definite need to improve that. We see in a in a mature market like the UK that now with the introduction of SCA in the UK that the cards experience actually has there's a lot more friction into that process. So and actually also from a consumer experience perspective open making payments actually starts to provide an easier way to pay um, than what consumers are used to so with cards because now suddenly you have to go out of the web page and you have to go to your mobile banking app and you have to look into your mobile banking app and click on something or or, or receive a text message and enter enter a code so 
with open banking, uh, with open banking, particularly in the UK and some other markets in uh, in Europe, that can be done almost automatically with this app to app redirect. Um, so that is really exciting, um, and it means that yeah, for a consumer, ultimately it becomes a lot easier, uh, which also affects the overall uh, the overall conversion rates. Uh, so. Um, so if we actually look at all the benefits for, for open banking, you know, for consumers, it's really intuitive. For merchants, of course, there's there's the reach uh, of open banking because it addresses every anyone with a bank account. Um, very good conversion and, of course, the lower cost of processing. Um, and for PSPs, what we really start to see is that PSPs are making this part of their overall payment mix. And the way they look at this is they're often you know, marketing, you know, cards and other kinds of alternative payment methods. Open banking gives PSPs um, and financial institutions um, the opportunity to launch open banking as their own alternative payment method because a lot of PSPs have already some of the components in place to make, uh, to enable open banking payments whilst integrating to tokens, uh, to tokens network. So, so we see really that there's a lot of benefits from for all these three areas uh, from an open banking perspective. Yeah, great to hear. And and that consumer piece, I guess, Todd, is, is really important, isn't it? Yeah, the number one question, you know, I often get from outsiders is why do consumers need another way to pay? And, um, you know, consumers will adopt it if it's uh, more convenient and more secure um, than alternative forms. So, so yeah, that user experience... Um, and, and removal of friction compared to other payment methods is certainly the most, uh, uh, most important. So I, I will share one example. So I found myself down on the tube platform the other day trying to buy Wi-Fi because for some reason Vodafone shut off uh, uh, mobile access in the, in the tube state uh, platforms. So, you know, I was down there trying to buy uh, Wi-Fi and I've got my card in one hand and I got my phone in the other hand. And I just said, you know, why is this a good experience? And um, and I and I found myself saying, if I just had open banking payments, I knew I know that it would be right from within the app. Choose my bank, authenticate with my biometrics, and it would have gone through. So um, that's just a personal example as to how the experience is so much more convenient that it definitely would drive switching behavior and would be easier to use than other forms of payment. Yeah, well, hopefully you won't have too many more of those uh, frustrating experiences in, in the future, Todd. We've heard from you about um, tailwinds in, in kind of open banking payments, um, but perhaps you can talk kind of specifically about some of the tailwinds in kind of UK versus Europe, because there is a bit of a difference, isn't there, between those two regions? There is, and there's some really exciting developments in the UK with the introduction of, uh, of variable recurring payments. So... Variable recurring payments were mandated by uh, uh, by the CMA and implemented by the OBIE to enable um, to enable sweeps. Um, so there's moving money from one account to another um, in in almost a programmable way, so to say. Um, so, for example, if you want to move um, money from your uh, current account to uh, to pay off your credit card, um, that could be done automatically uh, instead of you having to go into the app every time. Um, so, and this is a really exciting development because it can open up all kinds of other use cases. Um, it could be used, for example, 
instead of direct debit as a recurring payment method, uh, for example, in what we call the so-called non-sweeping use cases. So the non-sweeping use cases are any of the cases that are outside of that sweeping uh, sweeping definition um, and requires a commercial framework, uh, which some of the banks are starting to offer in the market now. Um, and that will be a real catalyst for a new set of services that can be really exciting, both from an e-commerce perspective, from a bill payment perspective, from an automated funding of a wallet perspective, for example. Um, so really excited about this development, and it's a very important part of our overall um, of our overall roadmap uh, for the year. Yeah, I mean, it seems like momentum is 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 really ramping up when it comes to VRPs in in the UK. Um, Todd, anything else to add on on VRPs? As as Charles said, it is a really exciting point, isn't it? It is a very exciting point. And as the connection with the bank uh, increases, it really increases the addressable market. So as Charles said, the number of payments that we can go after, the use cases that we can go after. Um, So no, I think it's a a very critical milestone. And the CMA mandating sweeps was the first to really go beyond what was mandated in the PSD2 regulation. And so, and again, once the API exists for sweeps, it's the same technology to enable VRPs. You know, the gap from sweeps to VRPs is really one of commercial and, and legal. It's not one of, uh, of, of, uh, of technology. So no, completely agree with that in the UK. Within Europe, obviously there's gonna be a different scheme uh, from within the European Payments Council called the SEPA Payment Account Access Scheme that is going to make third parties and banks work together to bring this capability to market as well. So we see the early stages of this happening in Europe and uh, the rule book should be out within this calendar year. And we would expect to see first use cases in Europe probably by middle to late of next year. Right, definitely, definitely a market to watch then when it comes to VRPs. Todd and Charles, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been great to hear about uh, Token. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about your, your funding round, the, the future growth opportunities uh, for Token, but also the wider market as well. So thanks to both of you. Thank you very much, Ellie. Really appreciate it. Thank you. My thanks again to both Todd and Charles for joining me on the podcast. If you'd like to listen to my podcast last year with Todd Clyde, then simply visit the on-demand section of openbankingexpo.com where you'll find all the episodes of our Unplugged series. Uh, We've had some great guests on recently. We've talked about a range of, of open banking topics covering different regions, of course. So you'll find all previous episodes there. Goodbye for now.